This episode is brought to you by the Oxford Method, the world's only online year-round Oxford and Cambridge University preparatory program for international students wanting to attend Britain's top universities. If you want to have the closest experience to an Oxford and Cambridge education to prepare you for the world's top universities, go to www.theoxfordmethod.co.uk. This episode is also brought to you by our wonderful patrons. If you enjoy the Coffee and Cocktails podcast, you can support the show by becoming a patron for just one pound per month. Just head over to patreon.com slash coffee and cocktails podcast and subscribe today. Otherwise, we'd like to give a shout out to our Gold Star member, Mary M. Thanks for listening and on with the show. Hello and welcome to the 30th episode of Coffee and Cocktails. I'm your host, Dr. Ann Wand. This month for our Controversies and Contraband series, we have the pleasure of talking with senior researcher and historian at URAC Research, Dr. Hannes Obermeier, who will be talking to us today about Italy's secret catacomb schools. Thank you for joining us. Thank you and, and uh, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. As per usual, we'll start off by having you tell us what drink you were having for the show, followed by a little bit about yourself. Hannes, would you like to start? I'm actually drinking uh, a well water from, from a tub, tub water here. So it's, it's a very good water within the Alpine region where I'm living. So I, I can rely upon. Yeah, freshly squeezed water. Alpine water. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> I will say when I lived in the Alps, my hair never looked as nice as when I, I always felt like the water there was just per I just thought my hair looks amazing. My hair is fading. To each their own. So, um, Hannes, I have brought you onto the show because we've actually known each other for quite some time. So I was wondering if you could give our listeners a little taste of sort of how do we know each other and what sort of work do you do? Yeah. Well, if I recall that correctly, because it was still some years ago, we we met due to an academic research you were carrying out uh, uh, about uh, the, the South Tyrolean school systems and the language policies here. And, and, and then we finally met and, 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 and knew each other. And, and I had the pleasure to, to give you some uh, advice on, on the, the local situation here as a historian, what I am by formation and, and, and deformation also, of course. And, and, and then we went also, if I uh, remember that correctly, to the, the issue of the very contested fascist monuments still existing here in, in, in my hometown in, in Bozen, Bolzano, and uh, the attempt where I have been involved to to uh, transform them in some sort of uh, useful heritage. Yeah, that, and we're going to... That, yeah. yeah, we're definitely going to dive into that quite a bit. Um, but I think your description of how we met is um, very polite. I think the honest <laughs> answer is that I did field work in South Tyrol, and we'll talk about where that is on the map in a second. And when I moved to Bozen Bolzano, I needed a language tandem exchange partner. And I was yes, advised yes. to print out brochures and put them on, you know, go to various um, gelaterias and um, just look for anybody who wants to do an exchange, English and Italian. And there was one Irish pub in the city. 
And I put up a post there and I was told, you're never going to find a language exchange partner if you put it at the pub. And sure enough, you contacted me and you said, hello, um, I would be interested in doing a language exchange. Would you be interested? And that is where we met at an Irish pub. And that's where I found out you were a historian and just a wealth of information on um, this very active segregated school system that we're going to talk about uh, later on in this episode. Um, but before we get into that, could you tell us, A, where is South Tyrol? Um, and what role historically has it played in terms of the history of Italy and Austria? Uh, well, the, the, today's South Tyrol, uh, or, or the province of, of, of Bolzano, or Alto Adige, as the, is it called by Italian uh, native speakers. Or Sudtirolo, even, right? Sudtirolo, or Sudtirol in German. Yeah, that's that's uh, the, the northernmost uh, uh, province of, of, of Italy, directly bordering to to Swiss and and, and, and Austria. So it's it's uh, it's uh, in the midst of the Alps, of course. It's a very mountain region with a lot of peaks and <laughs> and. Um, but also food. vineyards, so it's, 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 a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange setting. But uh, it, 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 it is inhabited by yeah half a million of of, of, of people, so it's it's a, it's a very small entity, so to speak. Uh, uh, but of course, this this uh, status quo scenario hasn't always been the same, and, and there are some peculiar historical reasons and 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 and, and processes uh, which led to the, to the today's uh, uh, features and one of them of surely is, is uh, the the fact that this is, uh, was um, over centuries uh, Habsburgian territory uh, so an, uh, part then of uh, the uh, old uh, austro-hungarian monarchy when the monarchy collapsed within world war one uh, it, it has been annexed by, by italy and notwithstanding uh, the, the large uh, german-speaking majority and then this led of course to to some sort of uh, um, birth uh, of, of, of South Tyrol, which didn't exist before. in Because in, 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 South in Tyrol was part of Austria, right? So there was yeah. North Tyrol and then South Tyrol. And, and then, then Trentino, so there's, yeah. there's Innsbruck, there's Bolzano, there's Trento, but it, it, there, there wasn't a, a district called South Tyrol before 1919, before the Treaty of Versailles. So this was a collateral damage to the uh, or result of, of World War One. As, as there are so many, of course. Yeah, and um, could you tell us there are three main language groups? If we exclude, you know, the you know, variety of migrants who've moved yeah. to South Tyrol over the years, but could you tell us the names of the three main language groups and how course, many of uh, each live in South Tyrol? It's a, a German-speaking majority. Uh, with about 300,000 speakers, uh, an Italian-speaking uh, one with about 150,000 um, more or less speakers, and, and, and the smaller, the smallest one is the Latin-speaking uh, group. It's, it's a Radio Romance language uh, with about 
five to ten thousand speakers but there are uh, of course a lot of other communities and and, and uh, due to the, uh, the the migration the trends and so and and, and, and it becomes more and more a multicultural landscape, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah. only the the, 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 the former ones, the, the three main groups, so the German, Italian, Latin speaking groups, um, are recognized as, as minority groups due to the uh, uh, autonomy statute granted by Italy in 1972 after a long struggle carried out by the local population and, 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 and pressures from, from Austria, of course, but also the United Nations and also on the background of, of, uh, uh, of a terrorist movement. Uh, yeah, and I think we should throttle back a bit because I think people are going to hear all this information and be like, what? Wait, there's an autonomy statute. Yeah. There. What's, what, what's yeah. happening here? So yeah. um, I think what we should do is go back a little bit in time. Um, so from what you said so far, we have an area of what is now northern Italy, the northeastern part of Italy, that in English is referred to as South Tyrol. And the capital is called Bozen in German or Bolzano in Italian. And if you want to be uh, very politically correct, you would hyphenate it German first and Italian, and you would say Bozen Bolzano. And you have an area that after 1918, um, Austro-Hungarian Empire fell apart and everything, all the goodies were distributed out to various different neighboring countries. And Mussolini said, I think I'll have that piece that sounds very nice. And before the dust was settled, you had this German-speaking minority that overnight had become Italian against their will. And Mussolini's forces within the next day, I believe, uh, just started helping themselves into the province with this objective to Italianize and therefore make illegal, really, the idea of having a German language and a German identity. Um, but one thing I'd like to understand is uh, why were the fascists, and eventually we'll, we'll discuss the Nazis, so adamant about controlling this particular province? What was so special about it? Well, they were very much conflicting over the population, both of them, of course, in, in order to control that uh, that uh, border region, that shifting region, that uh, land on the threshold, so, so to say, because it, it's uh, it's some sort of key to to uh, to, to to both. Uh, 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 areas, economic areas, of uh, because uh, the main traffic uh, routes uh, through the Alps, uh, along the Brenner Pass, the Russian Pass. Uh, uh, Which is a big mountain range, might yeah, I add. So physically, yeah. it looks like a perfect bar a barrier, geographically yeah. speaking. But they, uh, the, these barriers are also connecting uh, the main Central European uh, economic uh, areas, and, and, and they are therefore crucial for for um, for the um, both Italian and uh, German uh, economic interests. That that's the main the main reason they they were so adamant to. To, to gain this uh, key to to, uh, to 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 the communication routes, okay. and uh, there's also a lot of water power here, of course, the white energy, <laughs> so to speak, to functional to the um, um, to the industrialization process, which took 
place in Italy, uh, very late, uh, as you um, very well know, the, the takeoff, the Italian takeoff took place only in the, in the 1950s. But the, 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 uh, the electrical power was um, um, a very central uh, central element to it, to it, and, and so. So, so Mussolini really saw some financial benefits in terms of expanding, yeah. you know, the economic finances of the Italian state yeah. and what have you. Um, so, this place, something that is quite interesting, is you have this predominantly German-speaking area. Um, they see it as this value, valuable, rich resource for a myriad of reasons. And so what happens? Mussolini comes into the area. He Italianizes the province. Um, you're welcome to add um, um, you know, whatever facts I'm missing. Um, but basically, the idea is that the German-speaking majority, which is... Um, you know, at that point, I think would have been probably about 90% of the population, if not yeah, more. Is at that the correct? beginning, yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and are, are being told, in essence, that um, you need to be supportive of the fascist party if you say anything in relation to South Tyrol, if you have um, any sort of South Tyrolean sort of what they deem to be anti-fascist, you could get fined, you could get prison sentences, Um and more importantly, all the German-speaking schools are being told that the kids now need to speak in Italian, which they don't speak. And if they do speak in German or if German is taught in any way, there are rumors that teachers could get taken away to islands further south and put into exile. So these are quite serious consequences by the fascist party to basically eradicate this identity that has been in this province for a millennia, which kind of leads us into this idea of these secret catacomb schools. Could you tell us what these were and how they were created? Yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, you have very well pointed out all, all the context, this struggle of identity, this, uh, uh, of course, uh, about nationality, language, and, and, and so on, and which led to this very harsh politics of uh, forbidding any uh, uh, expression of, 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 of regional identity, but this was also carried out against the Slavic population, for example, in Trieste, so it's not uh, all... Oh, yes, all absolutely, it wasn't just specific areas. to South Tyrol, for sure. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's very important because uh, uh, there are also other victims, so, so, so to speak, that's... That, 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 that's and, and But this war on identity has been uh, fought basically within the school system so that, that that's uh, and, the, and and when all the german uh, schools have been converted to italian ones uh, 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 um, uh, um, the, the south came up with a, a sort of clandestine school system within private houses uh, um, in in a a kind of resilience movement to to this um, nationalization uh, attempt by by the by the, uh, by the regime, and this was mainly organized by private teachers. Of course, some of them now uh, retired, and also the Catholic Church. 
which was also uh, and and where were these schools? Because there was a leader in all this, right? A, 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 yeah, a church member named Michael Gamper, who was quite yeah, and, and heavily and involved. Other, 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 other people from his entourage or, um, or like Nicolosi, or some politicians. But uh, um, generally, uh, uh, it was a very um, capillary um, phenomenon, and and uh, and um, they, these uh, secret courses have been held by uh, not always teachers of course but some um, learned people and 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 in in, in farmhouses in in, in 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 urban houses and and they tried to hide of course because they were haunted by fascist police they tried to hide they tried to camouflage it apologize for the dog by the way <laughs> <laughs> The watcher. <laughs> That's all right. Well, we'll we'll wrangle him in a second. <laughs> and what's what's his name? Buddy, buddy, and he's, oh, buddy, he's a terror. Buddy, yeah. <laughs> buddy, the damnation. That's who he is. Anyway, continue. My, my, uh, but uh, only to conclude, uh, the, uh, my, my, my own father, for, for example, as, as a boy, they, they had this uh, clandestine uh, teaching and, and, and they, uh, they um, with his brothers and sisters, and they always uh, had with them some musical instruments to, to, um, to hide the, or to, to, to uh, to, to to give the, uh, their meetings that appearance of of, of, of a musical uh, uh, meeting and then in, in case there would be any control, so that that were the, the, the strategies they carried out to to because when they when when they would be detected, they, they send it to teachers. Uh, um, uh, in a, some sort of forced uh, residence in, 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 in southern provinces or even ousted them to Germany and Austria. Yeah. The consequences yeah. were very, very strange. Quite severe, weren't they? I mean, there, mm -hmm. you know, there was a, a famous series, um, listeners, you know, if you ever want to look us up, you can find it on YouTube. I'm happy to provide details. But there's a, a I believe, a seven-part series uh, called Verkauf Timeout. Yeah, and um, I sat through the seven hours, FYI, watched the whole <laughs> thing, um, where it talks about the history of the, the German-speaking population and what happened when the fascists came into the area and that there was this sort of internal struggle because on the one hand... Um, the German-speaking community obviously saw the fascists as a, as a major threat to their identity. And what was interesting in all of this is that the Nazis that we come to find were by some, for some German speakers, seen as heroes because they weren't the fascists. Of course. Right? The fascists pushed them literally into the arms of, of the Nazi movement because the, um, a great deal of, of German and Latin-speaking South Tyrolean thought they were very, um, let's say, uh, attired by, uh, by an authoritarian rule. And this was, uh, they, they, um, yeah, they, they have never experienced uh, another kind of, 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 of uh, state and no democracy at, at all. And, and so they choose, instead of the Italian fascists, the, uh, their own fascists, the German ones, the Nazi movement. And, 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 and very rapidly they established an, uh, a Nazi, an illegal, of course, Nazi movement, the Völkische Kampfring, Südtirols, and uh, an ethnic combat formation, still in 1934. 
And this Völkischer Kampfring uh, then um, um, uh, infiltrated uh, uh, very successfully the, the secret schools and, 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 and formed a whole generation to uh, their ideas, a whole generation which they Basically, they hadn't to conquer because they 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 were they admired uh, the the, the yeah. new Germany, the, the new powerful. Nazis. Well, and I think this is the thing, right? You know, you had these Nazis who were seen as heroes, and they were the ones providing these secret underground tunnels, as they called it, of books and resources and. Yeah. And so what you have is you have uh, this these innocent children, in essence, who are being thrust into a very serious political issue between two major taboo parties, right? Yeah, yeah. And these students are being told fascist history during the day in a language they don't understand. And then they're being taught Nazi history in the evening or the afternoons. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I found really interesting as an anthropologist, because my, my supervisor was a historian before I became an anthropologist, is he said to me, history is biased. And I never fully understood that until I started doing research on South Tyrol. And I realized you had two very different histories. You had the fascist version of the history and then the Nazi version of the history. And it's not to say that events didn't happen, but interpretations and the people that were most affected um, were emphasized to different degrees. So if you look at even in today's standards, um, an Italian history book, might potentially focus more on the Nazi history, whereas a German-speaking book might focus more on the um, fascist history, when in reality you have two very taboo communities or uh, political organizations that are sort of fighting or working in tandem in order to try to control a particular area, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Uh, two biased uh, st uh, histories here, so and 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 and, and they are. Um, but uh, I, I would also um, um, introduce a more positive note in saying that a, a younger generation of historians, but very lately from the 1980s, 1990s onwards, try to uh, establish a new narrative, a common one, which. Uh, uh, over tries to to overcome this uh, black and white uh, uh, vision of history and and and, and this instead uh, uh, um, trying to shed more light on this gray zone of of of, 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 of where people um, are becoming victims and but also uh, um, uh, perpetrators at the same time, so that, that that's that's that, that that's much more interesting. I would say that uh, because it, it's it's um, it's complexity uh, of of history and, uh, and 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 it shows how uh, yeah there there is uh, um, yeah um, there's there's a, a, a a lot of, 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 of blind spots on, on both sides, so we have to to uh, to, to to consider here and, and uh, to 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 have in the end a, a sort of true picture of, of, of the historical process. Absolutely, absolutely. And if we could sort of fast forward a bit, so we have these catacomb schools; they're going under the radar. 
Uh, teachers are getting caught. Some are put in exile. Um, some are sent to Austria, what have you. Um, we have a period in the 1950s, um, which I'm quickly going to gloss over, uh, where we have uh, a rise of terrorism, where the German-speaking community is feeling like they are not being heard. They're not being recognized by the international in, you know, public. And so we have um, what was called Bonfire Night in English or Feuernacht yeah, yeah. in uh, German. And in essence, a bunch of pylons were set ablaze. There were a bunch of bombs that went off. And these bombs kind of escalated into uh, basically almost like a, a massive message. And it finally caught the attention of the UN. And yeah, but I will also uh, uh, sorry to interrupt you. No, go and, ahead, uh, please. Uh, a lot of, of, of victims on, on, on absolutely so yes. Not only material damages have been uh, caused, but also there, there was murdering and killing. And, and quite a few of the Germans yeah. were. Um, and I say Germans; they're not. This is the term that locals use yeah, because of they course. do speak the, German. The German-speaking population. Yeah. I would never, never say German here, but in, but also a lot of, of, of police forces have been killed. Yeah. So, and a yeah. lot of people were tortured as well by the fascist government as a result of these of these particular the, the, the then the Republican one after forty five, yeah. So that's yeah. that, that's very outrageous and <laughs> but in the end um, it didn't become some sort of um, Northern Irish conflict here. And, and um, yeah, the, the peace process uh, uh, in, was, I think, and it is generally um, seen as that um, successful. Yes, they do refer to South Tyrol as an interesting sort of peace model is the term yeah. that they use in a lot of the documents. I wouldn't even overestimated of course because it's yeah. yes i do have my yeah. criticisms <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> me too of course <laughs> Yeah. But this peace process eventually came as a result. You, know, you had the bombings and then there was some negotiations. There was a, a group called the Commission of 19 where you had some yeah. Italian representatives, German-speaking representatives, and I think one or two Latin-speaking rem representatives. And they tried, they created what was called um, the package agreements. And with that, eventually evolved into what is now referred to as the Second Autonomy Statute of 1972, which is basically a very fancy schmancy term for a what they call in um, the political jargon is sort of like a negative piece or a consociational democracy, if you want to get really fancy. Um, but in essence, you have a communities that were thrust into a very controversial uh, background because um, you had an area that was occupied by both Nazis and fascists. And what they have tried to do, and you know, again, feel free to chime in at any point, is they've tried to appease the groups as much as possible. But one of the big results of that, especially with regards to education, is they have established what is referred to as a separate but equal education system, um, but more explicitly is actually a segregated school system, which is still in practice today. And I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a bit about this legalized and very active segregated school system. Well, I would call it separated school system, um, uh, but um, 
Of course, and um, I try to understand now that this school system, that doesn't mean that I, I would justify it, but it, it also, it, it, you can uh, deal with it only considering all these traumas of the past, uh, which led to uh, to this um, fear of the, the minority population uh, that one day uh, the, the schools could again be abolished or diminished by, by the central state. Of course, that, that that's um, that's not that's that's not the case. But uh, uh, but it's uh, very strongly um, part or one of the pillars of, of this uh, autonomy of this devolution system. And, and, and so it's it's um, um, uh, um, a great task to 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 change it and 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 and. Uh, um, but one was all, and that's also not def, um, to defend it. But one was also bear in mind that that's, uh, kids have, uh, and their parents, of course, have to um, can freely choose. Of course, the, the school. They, they can freely yeah. choose. But freely if I choose, might yeah. add, you yeah. can. There are a lot of caveats. So I think it's yeah, interesting yeah. you use the term separate because this is something that um, politicians and I had some some. I would say banter over um, because, uh, you know, I grew up in the U.S., so obviously I'm going to have my own biases. I'm going to have my own experiences that I'm going to bring to the table that are different to maybe somebody else. Um, but growing up, uh, separate but equal was equated to the Jim Crow laws. And for those that might not be familiar with American history, the Jim Crow laws were legally sanctioned in the U.S. Uh, in the 20th century to make sure that the blacks and the whites did not mix in the school system. So, Yes, absolutely. The South Rolling School System has been criticized as some sort of apartheid, right? Which, in, in my mind, isn't the case. But because the, the school systems, even if separated or segregated, are, are very much permeable to each well, other. But, and, but would you and, say and it's kids, totally permeable? Because there are totally, prohibitions. That there are um, exceptions. If you yeah. oh, if you're Italian and you go into a German-speaking school, but you don't know enough German, you could be, in essence, put on probation for up to 25 days, correct? Until the school decides whether or not your language is of a standard to actually be able to excel in that school, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah, can only on. speak from the experience of my own kids. They, they, they went to German-speaking uh, schools and, and, and then choose um, to 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 swap to school and, and to go for, uh, in, in, in the last years to Italian uh, speaking schools and, 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 and even finishing their gaining or um, doing their diploma in and so from my own experience um, um, the, the systems are permeable but of course there are some, there are critical issues here. I myself would would very much uh, like to see some sort of European school, a multilingual school, which or like uh, the Latin speaking schools, because they're the incredibly progressive. Which has also their uh, it's it's critical issues, but at least it's it's tr uh, trilingual. So, um, but since the society here is a multilingual, a multicultural, a plurilingual society, also the school should be so. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the system has been established in, in, in the second half of last century, the general context was completely 
different to to now, and uh, um, and, and and this is a field where this region uh, is behind its own possibilities and opportunities. Uh, I think, and, and, and it, it's not enough to um, make up some clear courses which uh, have been established over the last year's content learning and language courses and so uh, there must be um, another um, uh, huge steps here and, and, mm. and yeah. So it seems to me what you're saying, if I may, um, is that in essence, we have a school system that on the surface, if we could call it that, it is segregated in the sense that you have German speaking schools, Italian speaking schools and Latin speaking schools. However, you do talk about this concept of free choice, where in essence, parents can apply to the school of the other language, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to get submitted or accepted into the school, depending on the circumstances. Um, but then it begs this question, if there is this desire by parents and there's the possibility to, in essence, even though there's a lot behind this, you know, plenty of schools have said no, rise of immigration, there's a whole lot going on. Um, but because there is this desire by parents to want to give their kids the best opportunity, because to work in civil service, you have to be multilingual, you have to pass what's called the patentino, which is a, a language certificate or something equivalent. So it's, it's quite important that you know the local languages, but the school system is not equipped to necessarily encourage that in, in that way or to that capacity like it could. Um, this does beg the question, how is it legal in 2021 for these segregated, separated, however you want to call it, schools to still exist in Western society? And why isn't the South Tyrolean school system publicly criticized for encouraging segregation? Well, it is publicly criticized. But is it publicly it, criticized outside of South Tyrol? That's the thing. Yeah, but also inside. There are um, uh, tendencies which uh, I very much sustain to, to, to create uh, a new school system here which uh, uh, um, does justice to, to, to the... To the to this unique um, form of, of mixed society here, and, and, and um, but of course the the, the ruling uh, um, parties uh, up to now um, uh, haven't agreed to do so, and and. Uh, and uh, that, that's, that's the struggle. So, why, why is that? Why are they not agreeing yeah. to do so? Because, um, in my opinion, um, also the, 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 the politics here are very much based upon this uh, concept of ethnicity and preserving uh, it uh, uh, through their own um, 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 Voters reservoir, of course, and and, and, and and separated communities, and and so um, there's a a, a wicked link between uh, maintaining things as they are, and uh, uh, and the um, and, polit and political fortunes, uh, and, and there are only. Um, 
smaller group like the, the, the Green Party, uh, which I belong to, <laughs> by the case. But good choice uh, <laughs> <laughs> to 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 claim for for this uh, new quality of, of 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 teaching of schooling and. and yeah, because it does seem like the Green Party and, you know, um, there was a, a very famous, I believe he was a Green Party member, Alexander Langer. Alexander Langer. Well, yeah, he's, and he he's, was revolutionary the, in the 90s in trying to... He's the hero. Absolutely. of all good people of goodwill here. And and, 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 and wanting to promote this multicultural identity, yeah. right? And really embrace it. Yeah. He was heavily criticized for that as well. It, he has, yeah, he has. Uh, I knew him personally, and, and he was a, a wonderful person. Yeah, and and, uh, and his legacy, his writings are still inspiring today. And uh, uh, there's one thing which gives me a bit of hope now: the uh, the economic sector, which is very important here, is asking for multilingual schools <laughs> so the oh, uh, so the, the capital uh, so to speak and and and, and, and that that's uh, maybe um, a good leverage to to yeah because it does seem like money is the major driving force right yeah. because you have these political representatives who are basically paid alas, it is so alas. <laughs> to keep these groups segregated right they're they're encouraged to they use the the mask of protecting their identity so they're abusing this idea of minority protection which was designed originally as a good thing and now yeah. it's it's being manipulated um, and it becomes some sort of cage that that's the the, the main absolutely. critic alexander Langer and uh, um and who flagged that years ago that this was going to be yeah, but a problem? Uh, it's still a uh, um, very important issue here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this kind of groupness and, and this overestimating of of belonging to to a peculiar group and and and, and because it's um, um, uh, it's very much. Uh, Against any form of individualism, of 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 of, of, uh, uh, of self possibilities and opportunities, which and and so yeah, um, I, I'm totally with you in that critic, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, before we wrap this up, what we have, and I think this is an interesting um, discussion of how history has an impact on the present, yeah. is that a you have impact. a, a huge, impact. massive impact, is yeah. that you have a school system that was abused by the fascist majority. And as a result, understandably, the German-speaking minority said, we need to have a place to protect our language and our culture and identity. And so that was eventually established after much blood, sweat, and tears, this school system was created. And then what you ended up having is a community that was starting to gel. And, you know, one of the things I found in writing my book is that um, I was heavily criticized, even though I'm basing this on the research and everything else, is that there's this uh, blending of what is referred to as a South Tyrolean identity, where you recognize the multitude 
of yeah. different languages and cultures. And that is what makes the South Tyrolean identity, not necessarily the German speaking group only. Um, I agree. And, I completely agree. And, 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 and all of my studies I have carried out also uh, about the medieval and the pre-modern period shows me that this was always a blended region. Yes. And yes. Its, its richness comes from this uh, form of uh, mingling, mixing of, uh, uh, of influences from both uh, Central European cultural areas, the German one and the and Italian, the Romans one. So that's, that's not uh, something to, 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 to avoid, but uh, to foster. Absolutely. And so what we have is we have an identity that is essentially um, becoming one. And I use that term loosely, but the sense is that there are people all belonging to this particular province who are now realizing that the school system served a purpose at one point in history, but now it's, it's conflicting with the way yeah. identity is evolving, um, which <laughs> leads me to wonder, you know, and I think you've already tied into this, you know, how, what is it going to take for politicians to finally realize that um, society is what it is? And is it going to be money that's the ultimate driver in order for them to start being, you know, accepting the reality? Yeah. Yeah, there's ethnic conflicts and identity policies are always masquerading deep-rooted uh, economic struggles um, to gain the, the maximum out of, of the GDP and, and, and to, to try to distribute it to, to uh, uh, its own group. And so it's, it's uh, yeah. yeah. And in, 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 in that sense, I think uh, the book you're mentioning, your book, also, Historical um, sociological research has always the function to 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 analyze this, to to make this visible, to to give us um, new concepts in, in order to 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 overcome those uh, um, uh, shortfalls. Yeah, yeah, or at least provide a, an alternative perspective, whether. Yeah. And I and I know many politicians are going to be very angry when the book's finally out, and that's okay, as long as it's factually accurate. That means only that's a good book. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. Which, which, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I'm very sure about that. that is a wonderful oh. book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, could you give our <laughs> listeners? a teaser of what you will be talking about in your bonus episode, which will be available to our patrons later this month. Well, we could perhaps starting from the point we have now reached here, this ethnicity, this group, this contradiction, which is so central to, to, to today's South Tyrol, and move on maybe to the, uh, to the um, aforementioned uh, monuments here, the fascist Oh monuments yeah, very controversial from, monuments, yeah. But there is, uh, that's to me at least, interesting um, point here that uh, we have managed over the, the last uh, years uh, to um, not to um, to, um, to fall into the trap of cancel culture, so to yeah. to um, uncritically 
either preserve them or, or, or tearing them simply down and eliminating this also resource which they can be and, and to transform them into um, uh, something which tells another story today and, and uh, becomes from a contested memory to a possibly a shared memory of, of, of all in, inhabitants of uh, this territory and, and, um, and, and addressing what we called before this gray zone in which this um, area is embedded. Yeah, I think that would be an incredibly interesting discussion, um, especially since later on in the series, we will be addressing issues surrounding yeah. cancel culture. So I think that that was going to work very, very well. Um, but I've got to say... So we and I can also link this to... to, to, to the to, uh, sorry, to, to, again, to, to link this to, 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 to the uh, U.S. American and, 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 Absolutely. And, and, and the British debate, which is going on, and so yeah. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a fantastic talk. And if you are not a patron already, then I highly suggest you become one, um, because you get access to all sorts of extra goodies, like Hannes's upcoming talk, which will be available in short order. Um, but I've got to say, that's it from us at Coffee and Cocktails with your host, Dr. Ann Wand. I'd like to thank Hannes again for joining us at the studio this afternoon. Additional links to today's topic will be available on our website in the show notes. And if you enjoyed the show, please remember to like, subscribe, and consider becoming a patron for just one pound per month. It's support from our patrons that really helps to keep the show going. By becoming a patron, you get early access to bonus content, patron-only video interviews, free merchandise, and much, much more. And to thank our followers, we'd like to showcase our next season winner where we pick out of a hat a coffee and cocktails follower from our social media platforms to win a piece of merchandise and the winner is Meishuan Chen make sure to reach out to us to get your prize otherwise that's it for now thanks for listening and have a great week <laughs>